The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Whoa, Nelly! The Raptors win three in a row. Finishing off the streak with a 112-106 victory over OKC. And now they have a two-game week. However, against NBA teams that are actually trying to win. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toronto Raptors Hoopball uh, Podcast. Today, I am here with Kieran Smythe. What's up, everybody? And Ben Harrison. Good morning, people. And I am Brendan Hodgins. Ben, tell the people how they can find you. Uh, you can find me either on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, the the uh, name is at Benny and the Raps. And uh, let's get those followers going because right now I have rookie numbers. Let's get those numbers up. <laughs> Kieran, same question. Uh, at KDilla1981 on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm at K underscore Dilla. And you can follow us on the podcast at Hoopball Raptors on Instagram and Twitter. And if you find yourself having a little bit of time, please head over to hoop-ball.com. That's hoop-ball.com for all your basketball needs. If you're looking to do DFS, fantasy, or just to get a little bit of betting advice, that is where you need to go. So the Raptors win three in a row for the first time time since i think it was february 21st was the last game of a four game uh streak they had is that's when they beat milwaukee twice and then they had that weird 1990s version game where they beat the timberwolves like 86 to 81 yeah and then uh they beat philly in the next game and then they lost two and then won one uh but kieran if it makes you feel any better because i know you're a little a little upset (laughs) but what's going on here they went on to lose I think 12 of the next 13 and 16 of the next 18. So yeah. if anything, if anything uh, you know, is uh, trending there, I, th- I think we're going in the right direction for you, especially as the, you know, the schedule gets significantly more difficult from here on out mm-hmm. uh, than it was this week. Yeah, so two games upcoming this week. Uh, we already kind of talked about them, but uh, again, it is against Brooklyn and um, I believe the Knicks. So... What uh, this game here was a bit of a weird game. Definitely started off with some ugly basketball. Um, but before we get into it, there's just one uh, little bit of housekeeping to uh, get at. Uh, Utah Watanabe signs a real full-term NBA contract today. He was yeah. on a two-way, so he basically makes as much money for the rest of the year as he made coming up pretty much with the new contract. And then he's also signed into a non-guaranteed one for next year. But I think it's like three days after the summer moratorium, if he's still on the team, it locks or he gets paid like 300 and something thousand. And then if he breaks camp with the team, it locks in for the year. So uh, congratulations to Utah. I imagine that's, uh, you know, a lot of stress off his back. And obviously, Freddie Gillespie signed another 10-day contract. Mm -hmm. Um, This causes an opening for... Utah, like where Utah leaves, technically now there's a two-way contract opening. So if they wanted to sign Freddie Gillespie to that, they could. Um, and then eventually, with the, his 10-day contract expiring, there'll be a completely full open 
roster spot on the team as well. So we'll get into all that when we get there. Of course, if they do sign anybody else uh, other than bringing somebody up from the G League, they would not be eligible for the playoffs, assuming the Raptors make the playoffs, which Mm -hmm. obviously we're not thinking is a guarantee right now. Uh, But Kieran, from this game in particular, was there something you saw that you think that we should uh, get into? Um, well, more of the same. We was continuing the trend of out-rebounding teams, although it was a close one. Uh, I think it was 47 to 46. Um, but if you remember the last time we played OKC, uh, they got 64 rebounds to our 35. Yes. So, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, that's a huge thing. And again, that's you know in no way, a, 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 or it's a big way because of the, the new guys we got, which is uh, showing how well they're still working out for us. Another great game from... Uh, Malachi Flynn overall, uh, he struggled a bit hitting some sort of two-pointers in the early early stages, but seemed to work out the kinks a bit. Passing the ball around, getting those assists. Um, we had a night and day performance from Paul Watson from his insane yeah. <laughs> career best to going 0 for 10 in uh, 22 yeah, minutes. So That uh, always happens. Yeah. Like when guys that aren't complete all-stars have those big games, they try to come out and like i can do it again right yeah. now i'll just take these shots and it's like no nah, it doesn't doesn't work like that yeah so that was a little unfortunate it's the over six from three um so that was you know unfortunate for him but you know otherwise most people did what they're supposed to do um, not a big game from rodney hood um and stanley johnson still kind of you know just i don't know erratic lots of uh some costly turnovers things like that that i don't like to see um, same with Bembry, he had a pretty awful game. Um, but, you know, the guys got it done. Gary Trent had a solid game. Chris Boucher was crazy. Uh, the Montreal guys, they were going on and on about that. I guess we had uh, what, Boucher, Birch, and then uh, Dort from uh, OKC. Yep. And I think Dort and Boucher had 37 points combined or something like that in the first quarter. Uh, it was just six, between yeah, the three 30. of them, they had 67 or something for the game, which is a big big deal for some reason. I can't remember. And then, uh, yeah. But, Ben, you were about to say? Uh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, in the first quarter, I think it was 38. Uh, 38, yeah. It was like 21 and 17. That's right, yeah, from the two of those guys. Yeah, so. Lou Dort couldn't miss, right? He was yeah. uh, seven for seven in the first quarter. Yeah, so that was, uh, I mean, it was an all right game to watch. Um, but it was strange just not having, you know, that's like our four main guys out. Um, I didn't even notice like what they were all listed at because, you know, we got the fine there, the $25,000 fine for not being yeah. clear about that. So did they clear it up and do this or were they just, I know you said you wanted them to just sit everybody and they stick it. actually put injury labels on guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly if that helps, but uh, San Antonio just got fined as well. So they're they're starting to actually uh, issue some of these fines here. Um, uh, <laughs> although you do see yeah. Masai went, oh, okay, yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> just sat more guys. No but. Lowry, Ananobi, Siakam, or Van Vliet. Like that's our that's our core. That's our team. Without those guys, this team's unrecognizable. And uh, but you know, there's still it's crazy. Like these guys cannot lose right now. And uh, no matter how hard we seem to be trying, and uh, so I don't know, I guess that's good, but um, we'll see what happens this week. I can imagine you can't keep these guys out that long with such minor injuries and things, so we'll see. Van Vliet, though, I understand, because he looked a little bit sort of hobbled when he came back for the one game after his suspension there last game, so yeah, um, yeah I don't think he was fully ready to be back. But uh, yeah, you know what, well, no, no Aaron Baines. I was still pretty <laughs> happy with the game. 
I uh, was yeah. going to ask Ben uh, how you felt about Siakam's performance there. <laughs> Siakam, yeah, no, no, I, uh, yeah, made it made a point to put down that he was not participating in this one again. But uh, I did put it down that yeah, like uh, I it, obviously twenty five grand doesn't mean too much to the Raptors because they clearly just uh, uh, just rested everybody again. I put. Um, I looked it up. The Raptors' payroll right now is about 120 million, and we had 85 of those millions on the bench last night. So, <laughs> <laughs> not much of a team. Um, we did have Gary Trent back. I guess that was the big one. But uh, what stood out to me, he's actually our third lowest played player if you exclude the uh, the two way contract. So he's uh, he's looking at a big raise here. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking. I think the only person that played yesterday with a guaranteed contract would have been Chris Boucher. For next year? Everybody, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, everybody else is up. Yeah. It's going to be a weird one next year, I think, especially depending how well this, uh, the rest of this season goes. But, uh, yeah, who knows? It's very uh, up in the air. Yeah, well, it was uh, both teams too, right? Like, if you looked at the roster for Oklahoma, I don't think anybody could uh, pick most of those guys out of a lineup. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of pressure on Sam Presti going forward um, to start nailing those draft picks that he's been accumulating. I think he's got 35 or 40 coming over the next five, six years. And um, right now the roster is just completely barren outside of the Canadian guys, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to turn that thing around going forward. Yeah, because they deactivated Horford, right? And then SGA hasn't been yeah. playing. Uh, he's actually been injured, but... Uh, yeah, he's been out. He's got a foot injury. He's been out for quite a while. But. And some guys just came back. Like, Baisley was out for a long time. Uh, and it's just that as a team also. Like we were saying, you know, the Raptors might be trying to lose, but I think some of these teams are trying just a little bit harder to lose. So that's part of the reason why the Raptors are on a bit of a bit of a tear here. Mm-hmm. Uh but especially in this game, you could tell that guys were sitting because the basketball was pretty janky early on. Um, uh, I remember listening to the guys saying that it really seemed like a summer league game where there's just like one or two guys are just flying off the handle, and then the rest of the team just can't hit anything. Yeah, I thought so too. Like uh, like you said, it was pretty ugly basketball. Um, I think um, Bembry and our man Stan combined for seven turnovers coming off the bench mm-hmm. in like only 30, 35 minutes between them. So if uh, if they want to keep their spot over Rodney Hood, they need to clean that up pretty quick. But, um, yeah, pretty ugly ball. You'd like to see them have, you know, more assists, fewer turnovers, but you've also got to be realistic about, you know, who the personnel is on the floor right now. Yeah. Um, when you start a third string quarterback in football, you don't really expect your receivers to have a big day, so it's kind of that kind of thing right now. But. Yeah, and well, you can basically everything can be said by the fact the Raptors shot 38.5%. They actually shot better from three than they did from two. Yeah, yeah, I believe that like, like probably a few of these guys, I mean, they probably spend much more time just sort of shooting threes in this NBA, right? So doesn't actually surprise me like like malachi was taking a few which i you know i respect you know he tried not just settling for threes he would fake you know get by his defender and pull up a mid-range jump shot but he just could not buy one so um well gary trent really put the shooting and shooting guard for this game too yeah yeah he he had one assist and it was the pass to boucher at the end to like seal it to go up by six right that was his only assist Mm -hmm. the entire game and that's one of your two guards right so uh, you know he's not out there to facilitate necessarily but you'd like them to pass just you know a little bit mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I kind of saw that one coming last night, just the way he started. It was like, he, yeah, okay, I'm the only scorer on the floor here. I'm just going to shoot all night. He kind of slowed down because he went, uh, I think, like one for seven to start the game. But uh, yeah, he had a bunch yeah, of he finished with half. 25 shots. He got a little bit, uh, got it going a little bit later on. But Yeah, five for 10 from three, not bad. But then, yeah, the nine for 25 in total, yeah. leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Though he is our new uh, fashion icon, he's been looking pretty sharp out there the last few games, taking uh, taking Ibaka's role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Boucher and Dort really did go toe to toe in the uh, first half, eh? And Boucher had, you know, almost this would be would have been a career game leading into this year. Although he's had some pretty good ones, uh, you know, ten for seventeen shooting, uh, thirty one points, eleven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. You'll take that from your, uh, I guess he was sort of playing the four, which obviously he's been looking better. Ben, you know, he's helping out your team there, buddy. He sure is. He sure is. And I'm not getting much help from anywhere else at the moment, but uh, we'll see. It's the last week of fantasy for all you GMs out there, uh, for most leagues anyway. So now is when we get down to it. Um, But yeah, Boucher looked great. It was kind of, yeah, pretty funny to see their little uh, Montreal guys have their battle going back and forth. yeah, he fin- like you said, he finished with uh, 31 points, 11 boards. Um, that's, uh, I can't remember, that's either two games in a row or two out of the last three where he's finished with uh, double-digit rebounds, which we really hadn't been seeing for most of the season. Yeah, um, Yeah. so, you know, you got to give a lot of that credit to the new talent at the five, not to mention any names, but uh, he seems to be doing a lot better now that he's out there working with... Uh, with Ken Birch yeah. and Gillespie rather than uh, Aaron Baines. So well, it's definitely are... his ideal role, right? Like playing that stretch four yeah. rather than uh, backup center. You when know. you got other like big guys down there battling for rebounds, it makes you know sneaking in and getting rebounds a lot easier after yeah. you know busy boxing out the big, big guys. When you're you know as tall and you know you can jump like he does, and it makes it a lot easier for you, opens it up, and you can sneak in and take some extras. But I think, yeah, you're right. I think it was the last two where you had the double-doubles He's <clears throat> just been killing it on the board, so that's great and exactly what we need from him and everybody else. So, yeah, that's actually something I wanted to talk about. Uh, the, the Raptors were very good on the offensive boards this game. I think they doubled OKC. I, can't, I think it was sixteen to nine, maybe or sixteen to eight. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but this kind of transitions. Yeah, okay. This transitions into our next. Uh, topic that I kind of wanted to get at the you know the review of the two new guys the big guys in the center here you did see it like what I know noticed what would happen is every other time when there's been like a picket pick opportunity the big man doing the pick would then go out to the three-point line that's what the Raptors had been doing mm-hmm. as the guy comes around and then either tries to drive or he dishes out to you know the guy in the corner for the corner three when Freddie Gillespie has been doing the pick out, uh, option, and if the guy goes towards the net, he comes towards the net with them just on the other side. Mm-hmm. So what I've noticed is happening, say the guy dishes it out for the three, the three misses, Freddie's right underneath to try to block out, and then Boucher's able to come in out of nowhere, jump up and grab the ball. Yeah. I saw that a couple of times. And then also uh, Gillespie cleaned up a couple of ones underneath the net and then put it up for, him, for himself, you know? So that's uh, that's good to see. Every almost every time he, you know Gillespie has warts in his game, and we, you know Ben kind of talked about it. He definitely does not know where he's supposed to be sometimes. But uh, is there 
specifically anything from this game, Kieran, that you saw between Gillespie and Birch that uh, you want to talk about? Um, how old is? Do we know how old Gillespie is? I think he's 26. 26? Okay, yeah, so he's not that old yet. Um, no, from this game, I mean, it's the same sort of thing we've been seeing. Nothing, no crazy output. Like, Gillespie only had two rebounds this game, but both offensive rebounds, didn't miss a shot. Um, like you said, it's just good to see somebody underneath the net. Um, and, yeah, both those guys set a crazy amount of picks, actually rolled to the net. And um, oh, is he, Sorry, he's younger than that. He's 23. 23, even better, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, when, when they do roll to the net, they also keep their defender like behind them, which sort of opens up the lane a bit if they don't get the pass. Um, they, they do sort of tend to, I've seen a few times where I think it was Flynn tried to sort of jam the ball into them and uh, make some difficult catches for them, which they're not necessarily the best at as of now. Hopefully they can get some hands going with some practice. But, uh, you know, outside of looking a little lost, and again, they're still both, you know, relatively young and new to the to our um, our way of doing things. Um, so you cut them some slack, but I like it. Yeah, they've, I mean, our track record since we've got them speaks for itself. But, uh, yeah, those guys got a uh, potentially bright future as, like, you know, some supporting cast here for the near future anyways. Yeah, Ben, uh, was there anything from uh, Kem Birch or Freddie Gillespie in this game? And there's going to be a couple of things that I'll bring up but that uh, you wanted to talk about. Um, well, it's like Kieran said, like, I definitely like this version of the offense better. Um, we're not like LA or Milwaukee where all you want to do is, uh, keep the paint clear for LeBron and, you know, Giannis to, uh, to take it down main street. Um, we want to have guys working the inside. So that opens up our perimeter shooters, right? Have a little more attention in the paint. Um, so that those guys are free to, uh, to shoot it from deep. So they definitely, uh, they've definitely been contributing to that, um, like we said, um, it's been uh, a blessing for Chris Boucher's game. At least that's the early returns. Um, but uh, yeah, like you were saying with the uh, the picks, like yeah, they're definitely not pick and pop guys. They're not going to, uh, you know, Gillespie's not going to uh, put down a screen and then run out to the perimeter. It's just uh, wouldn't be effective. But Birch was one for one though yesterday. Oh, he took for another three, one. Yeah. I didn't see yeah, that. I saw. Three. I was. Yeah, geez, I, was, I missed that one. I was going to say Gillespie looked pretty good. He was four for four and zero from deep, so we like that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kevin, uh, he too was wide open for one, though. I mean, and he hit it, so it wasn't a bad <laughs> shot or anything like that. And he's not, I'm not worried about him, you know, being like, oh, I hit that one. Let me sit on the three point line and start chucking, right? So, yeah, like Chris Bosch, like and he ends up in the three point contest or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, I think if he hits three more, he's tied like his non Raptors three points for his career. So, I think he had four over his career with so he hit his fifth so yeah Orlando. a couple more and he's yeah. he's there maybe one more so um yeah his uh his big moment was did you see that play right at the end to kind of seal it um the dish out oh, to Boucher yeah. for three-pointer but yes. yeah he yeah. caught a body right to, on that screen to set it up <laughs> he demolished Dort after the game he talked about that a little bit saying it was like I'm happy there was no call on that flop I barely touched him <laughs> and then you watch it and Dort goes down like a pile of bricks I'm like eh, you weren't moving you were standing still but you touched them yeah yeah well I felt bad for Aaron Baines too because that was like the one thing that he could do all year was lay people out with the screens and it's like ah oh, great now this guy's got that covered too so <laughs> yeah but Birch did have a pretty bad moving screen earlier in the game too where it's like he, he the guy gets around him. He takes the step, drops the shoulder in, and you're like, "Yeah, you, you can't do that." Yeah, 
I didn't find that one all that bad when I looked at it, but I mean, it was definitely a foul, but I don't know. Like he wasn't moving that much, but he definitely like leaned into him a bit too much. And I think that was sort of what did it. You're just going to say, I wish they'd stop with the, I, I wish they'd stop with all the reviews and everything, though. Like, did you see that? I don't know if you guys watched right to the end, but the lat, like, the fourth quarter got extended by like 15 minutes. They took a video review of yeah, like there was some, the foot out of bounds, and yeah. then there, which I uh, don't actually think he was out of bounds. And then there was the no, uh, but yeah, the uh, nurse yeah, took a challenge. Yeah, it took a challenge, even though we were up. And both calls yeah. stood anyway. There was that. And then you have the commercial timeouts. Like, it just kept going and going. Took all the flow out of the game. Extended a game that wasn't, like, doesn't really mean that much to anyone anyway. It's just, it's getting to be a little much with those reviews. And it takes so long when they're at the booth. Like, um, Jack Armstrong or whoever was on TV had it called in, like, 10 seconds. It took them three mm-hmm. minutes. But. That's, that's the part that gets me. It's like, sometimes you'll see... You know, we watched the quick replay, and it's like, oh, okay, clearly he was out of bounds. These guys, like three people, go and like confer for you know five minutes to look discussing, looking over footage when we clearly saw it, like from the angle we saw. They got slow mo and everything. There's three of you. I don't be like, oh yeah, there it is. Okay, let's go. You know, yeah, clearly. Let's go. It's and it's something in baseball that gets brought up a lot. Like if a guy slides into the base and he beats the tag, but, like, his finger gets off the base for a half a second, but the guy's applying the tag the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you would never see that he's out in real life. But, yeah. like, when you're able to freeze the camera along, like, you're right at the base for, like, milliseconds at a time going forward. He's like, oh, yeah, he, he was off the base for about 0.1 seconds. He's out. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes away from the game. Like, just call him safe. Like, he beat the tag. He got in there. Yeah, so he slid just a little bit too far for, like, less than a second, and the guy just had his uh, the tag applied the entire time. Mm-hmm. And in basketball, there'll be moments where it's, like, it grazes their shorts going by, so it's out yeah. on them. Yeah, exactly. And nobody comes up playing sports with video review, right? Like, refs are supposed to be part of the game. There should be some human element to it, right? But yeah, so it just, yeah, it takes away from the game. You're right, Ben. Uh, just before we move on from the subject here, I'll just give kind of people a little bit of context here for Ken Birch and uh, Freddie Gillespie, just with their time with the Raptors. They've both uh, they've played almost the same amount of games. Uh, I think Freddie has one more game up on Ken Birch, uh, six games and five games. So Ken Birch has been averaging 25.4 minutes, which is about six or seven minutes more than he was with Orlando. And at about nine points a game and six rebounds with 2.2 defensive stats, he's got several more blocks for some reason with the Raptors. Uh, I guess they just have him playing a slightly different role. And then uh, Gillespie's averaging about 16.5 minutes and 6.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, and 1.3 defensive stats. So, you know, they're kind of doing what uh, yeah, Birch had three and one quarter the other night, so that would inflate that a little bit. I yeah, think. I guess that's probably where that's coming from. But I guess he's also asked to do a bit of a different role here. Um, and then, yeah, so and just going over, because, you know, we've talked a lot about Ken Birch here and Freddie Gillespie, but Utah being kind of the guy of the day or getting his contract, uh, he's definitely seen an increase over the last little bit of minutes and production. Mm-hmm. And that could be, you know, the minutes affect his production, obviously, but also having those two guys in the lineup probably help him as well, as he kind of plays that four uh, when uh, Boucher's not out there, right? So Yeah, I'd say it's the exact same effect that Boucher's been receiving, right? Like, it's just a little bit of focus away from them and lets them, you know, then they can be more perimeter guys and, like, 
we can actually use you as that. Whereas if they're, if, you know, Birch and Gillespie aren't there, no, we need you crashing boards. We need you down low. So this lets them play more of the style they want to. They're a little bit, you know, they're, they're thinner, lankier guys are quick. They're fast and long. So, um, yeah, they definitely both seen the exact same sort of boost in results. One of my concerns uh, moving forward is like, what are we going to do when we get like, you know, four of our biggest names back into the lineup? Like, it'll be very interesting to see how they mesh with everybody because it's been a significant yeah. amount of time away, right? So um, I don't know how much they've even like Lowry's played what a game with these guys now or something like that. So anyways, it'll just be interesting to see if we can sort of keep it all together when and if we get all of our main guys back into the lineup and how much they take away from other people and so. yeah you know you're you're likely going to lose a game or two when the guys come back if they all come back around the same time just because of that exact element people not not realizing how to play with other people when yeah. they've been uh like you know lowry plays a very specific style of game and so if you're not playing his style of game you kind of put him you know on his back foot and then the whole offense goes off yeah. uh whereas you know both freddie and flynn are a little bit more a little bit different you know um and then of course when you you know you add the fact that both siakam and ananobi have been a lot more aggressive lately with their style it's going to change like they were running plays with this offense that i hadn't seen them run before yeah right mm-hmm. yeah like there was this one that it was three guys up top and what they were doing was they were setting a pick as a guy comes across and then they set the pick as the guy comes across and then utah was the third guy to get the ball and he cut towards the net but when he did that freddie uh freddie gillespie had was was in the corner like he never moved the entire time he came down the baseline utah cuts in draws the help pass underneath the freddie and he put it up for a layup nice yeah like and they were not running that play very often before right it was a little bit more iso ball with Siakam kind of going up and then getting into the uh, where he can get his kind of lob going. Well, that's the one thing that we're sorely missing now is like someone who can create on their own off the ball. With the exception, like I'll give that to Trent. He can kind of do that, but he's still working into doing it reliably. But, um, you know, it's one, one thing we had with uh, with Kawhi Leonard and then Siakam was able to sort of capitalize off not being in the the spotlight and then he struggled with the spotlight the following year and he's sort of coming back into it this like in the last you know little stretch we've had where he's yeah like we said him and og both beginning a a bit more aggressive going to the rim you know going to the line a bit more Uh, and they're not going to hit them all the time but now that we got these guys crashing boards hopefully we can pit a bit pick up a bit of the extra garbage and uh you know still get something out of those plays but i found a lot of times last night there's just you know, pass, 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 pass. No one's attacking, and then we yeah. should just yeah. take a shot or something like that. So we need some. We need to get those guys back, if only to just you know get a bit more attack out there, and then uh, still have these big guys to clean up if anything goes wrong. Exactly. Yeah, I thought so too. Like um, the one thing that I don't really love out of uh, Malachi Flynn is like there's a handful of possessions every game where he just kind of dribbles out the shot clock. You know, like parks inside half court, kind of dribbles and probes, you know, bent over, um, yeah. which is cool when you're like Kobe. Um, but, um, and, you know, I'm sure that's how he played when he was like the star guard at San, San Diego there. But, um, you know, when you're the new kid in town on a probe team, you can't be like just wasting possessions like that over and over. Um, it's old school Van Vliet moves. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, a little lazier. Like I like to see a little more pace, and uh, even yeah. just from an entertainment standpoint. But but his three point shooting's been great. Uh, that's not going to be a problem. Like he kind of looks like he could be a fourth quarter closer, right? Um, in the future, but uh, but yeah, I'd like to see him go to the rim more because when he does, he's got a lot of burst and like acceleration. We've seen it, and it uh, it works well. It doesn't fall all the time for him, but it'll start eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his problem there, like similar to Fred Van Fleet early, was when he, sometimes when he goes to the rim, he's looking at his feet, right? So yeah, he doesn't see the uh, the guy cutting in, or you know, he'll uh, just kind of do that quick, like oh, coming in, nope, I'm going back out, nope, I'm coming <laughs> yeah, in, nope, yeah. I'm going back yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> And which we used to see, you know, a lot from Freddie. Uh, but obviously his game's changed. So, and if he's playing a lot with Freddie, which I believe is going to be the future, right? He'll uh, he'll learn. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just never like to see when they, uh, you know, he takes twenty seconds out of the twenty-four second clock, and, uh, and then either passes it off for a quick shot from somebody else, or just pulls up himself. But not my favorite play. But other than that, he's been he's been a gem. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking like, you know, we've talked about a few different guys here uh, already, and that's sort of something that's been happening a bit more is there was six different guys with double-digit points for this game. You know, most of the scoring (laughs) did come from Gary Trent and Chris Boucher, but it's kind of nice to see the offense being a little more spread out, you know. Yeah, Kieran, uh, you were kind of quiet there. Um, Stanley Johnson got into double figures. Yeah, but I mean, it was an ugly 12. You know, like it was an okay game if you look at the whole thing, but it just, uh, there was there was more times where I was looking and just shaking my head or watching him, you know, screw up a play where I was just like, oh, you know, but yeah, no, good for him. That's that he contributed and everything, but uh, got a few rebounds as well. Um, I did like how he went five for five from the line. Like that seems to be something he's mm-hmm. been pretty consistent at. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he hit his well, free throws. Let's, let's give him a hey, pat on the back. They, they all count. <laughs> yeah. No, it's still points. Um, but yeah, no, like, yeah, credit where credit's due. He got some numbers, hit some shots, but it was still, you know, most of the time when I was watching him play. And I mean, only in 13 or 14 minutes, right? So that wasn't... Uh, not awful, but three turnovers in 14 minutes also yeah. is crazy high, and you're not going to stay out very long if you're doing that. So, yeah, and like you said there, that was sort of. Uh, I think Ben mentioned it early. Stanley Johnson and Bembry had some uh, some ugly moments there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both you of them kind of out of control. He had, Stanley at least hit a few few shots, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, something else. Then don't feel too bad about not being able to tell who some of the players are because I had to watch the OKC feed and I think they called oh, Freddie really? Gillespie DeAndre Bembry the entire game. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bembry with a shot. I'm like, no, they both have dreads kind of. They're two different guys. Yeah, like, yeah. One, well, their Freddie team Gillespie, too, I think, looked, has 100 pounds on Bembry. Well, I looked at Oklahoma's roster before the game too. I thought it was like the Russian hockey team. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, Poku. <laughs> yeah, anyway. He had six and Maladon blocks, right? and I don't know. Mikhailuk. Yeah, Pokajewski yeah. uh, with six blocks. Uh, first time ever for a rookie, I think, to have six blocks in a game. I did take a peek at him in fantasy this morning. I can't lie. It's true. Yeah, no, he's an interesting player. As like you look at him, and he's essentially, he's I think thinner than Chris Boucher while being an inch taller. Oh, he's that guy. Yeah, they said he was like seven feet and 195 pounds. I'm like, I outweigh <laughs> yeah. this guy, and he's a foot taller than me. That's crazy to me. Yeah, exactly. Like he and he played like he had like two different times where he did a finger roll, 
like going to the net. Like he plays a weird game, but it's somehow effective. Zero Shaq must three. be th- Shaq must be thinking, God, I wish I played in today's NBA. You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, imagine him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, there was a Jimmy Fallon not just a lot long ago with Shaq, and the question was is how many has Shaq ever did Shaq ever make a three in his career? What was the answer? Oh, the over under was one. I can't remember what it ended, but like Jimmy Fallon literally had to be like, you had to have taken a three pointer at some point in your career, and Shaq's just looking at him like, I don't know. Maybe like at the end of a quarter when he's got the ball and you know chucks yeah. up a shot or something, but I can't I can't recall any. Not that I've watched I've got every it Shaq here. game, but he made his only three pointer in 1995. He took two attempts that season. Okay, that was probably like <laughs> like one of his first seasons then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a different game, and the you know, people weren't putting up threes. And basically, if anybody ever watched basketball back then, Shaq pretty much lived underneath the rim or on the free yeah. throw line. So, yeah. yeah, he probably took two, and then his coach said, "Okay, listen, that's it. <laughs> that's of you know, don't do it again." That's when he got traded to LA. Get yeah. the heck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like the opposite of Ken Birch. Yeah, yeah. gets traded and starts taking threes. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, as we kind of touched on even last show, this was sort of the end of the the cake schedule here for the Raptors. Going into the rest of the next couple of weeks, it starts to get a little more difficult. And they had a harder, even with this week, they had a harder rest of schedule than the two teams that are kind of, you know, competing with for the 10th spot for the play-in. Yeah. Um, So the easy part's done. Now comes the difficult part. They have Brooklyn twice in the next two weeks. They have uh, they have one against Cleveland, who is like in full full tank, uh, and then they uh, also have what what did I say Utah and LA coming up. So it's going to be an interesting two weeks here. And like I said, Kieran, the last time they won three in a row, they you know lost twelve of the next thirteen. So yeah, yeah. hopefully this is the start of that trend, just for for tanking's sake, you know. Um, no, the like I. We sort of got into this a little bit. They, the, Indianapolis doesn't look good. So the nine ten game that would have to happen, like they have a good chance of winning that. And then the seven eight game, like Charlotte's kind of up and down. Like there's a, or sorry, the eight nine game. The Charlotte hasn't looked great. There's a chance to you know well, get into without, the eight uh, spot without Ball. So yeah, and I, Ball I do not think will be back in time for the playoffs. He no. might be. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. But it's like even then, and he w- hasn't played basketball in you know a month and a half. Right? Yeah, so. and if you're not a hundred percent, like, do you really risk it? Like, you're you know rookie, you know, you got to think about your future, right? So if he's not a hundred percent, it's a pretty risky uh, move to try to come back. So we'll see. Yeah. Now the only thing too is like the the Wizards have been on a bit of a tear, and uh, Chicago won their last game. So there's no guarantees here. Um, and then you'd also right, you don't want to be. Uh, one spot out of the playoffs with the 15th pick or whichever, right? You'd mm-hmm. rather be more into the lottery. Ben, yeah, do you have well, any... F- Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, well, right now it's it's just the Twilight Zone season. We're four games um, back of eighth place, but we're only four games ahead of 13th. So, And that's the difference between like picking in the top three or picking, you know, number 11. So um, I, know, I know what I'm hoping for, but... Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Chicago's the wild card, I think, right? Like, because they should be winning, um, but they're yeah. not at all. I think they're only four and six, five and five in the last ten. Something. 
like that. Yeah, four and six. Yeah, um, it's just tough. Uh, tough to kind of know what's going to happen, though, because you never know who's going to play. Like when we go up against Washington, um, if Russell Westbrook play, plays, then it's you're always in danger of getting smoked. But, of course, yeah, you could Westbrook be rested. Deal, so. right? Yeah, yeah. Although, didn't we just beat them recently? Um, yeah, they sure did. did. That Westbrook was uh, Gary like, Trent, the buzzer beater. kind of uh, like fed us that game at the end. He just run up and start shooting like immediately when they got the lead in like the fourth quarter. I think there was like eight minutes left. He would just run up, just shoot a three, run up, shoot a deep two. Like no no plays being run, nothing. Just comes up, pops it, and like we get the ball back and started cutting <laughs> down the lead. It's like, dude, use the clock. Like what are you doing? Yeah. So I get the frustration like some of his teammates have had with him because, yeah, like that was just – I was In happy for city. it because, yeah. you know, look, I'm not playing on his team, but um, I was sort of shocked. I was like, what is he – and he did it like four or five times in a row. I was like, okay, Interesting. So, you know, he's as great of a player as he is and all that. Um, he can be very detrimental at key moments. So, you need to keep him reined in. Yeah. Yeah. On, like, well, while we're talking also just about, like, the standings here, it's so weird. You look at it, um, like, the Knicks are in six. So, then they have a 1.6, you know, offense versus defensive rating. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is negative from seven to 15, other than the Raptors, who have a 0.7. <laughs> It's like so yeah. weird. just one of those seasons. It's like they get, they lose these tough games and then blow out teams, right? So, yeah, I found a couple of weird ones when I was looking at the standings. Like, yeah, we're ten games under five hundred, but with a positive point differential, which is pretty weird because I don't recall us having that many blowouts, like uh, a ton of wins where we blow out the other team. Um, and then some other ones, like the Lakers are in fifth um, in the West, and they keep falling. They might end up as far as seventh, it looks like they could. Um, but they're still the number two team um, in Vegas for the title odds, just behind Brooklyn. Yeah, that has um, a lot to do with Anthony Davis and LeBron not being in there, though. Yeah, of course. It's just like, when have you ever seen that? You know, I think they're like yeah. ninth or tenth overall. And uh, the other weird one was Phoenix has been in second place in the league for a long time now, and they're like way back in the title odds they're 13 to 1 um which i can't explain it away but it's still very bizarre to see you know yeah that you know vegas like you've been saying for a while now the raptors kept getting like good odds against tough teams and you were like just bet against them because yeah they hadn't been winning those games yeah, wish I had done that. It's uh, it's always hard to bet against the Raptors, though. You know, just watching, yeah. praying they lose. It's uh, it's no fun. So. You know, you don't you don't like betting against your team, but like for for a while there, it was the smart move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right now there's too many X factors. I wouldn't risk it now. No, yeah, but. you never know who's going to play. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah, that sort of so that leads us in. It's going to be you know quiet week, two games. Uh, I believe it's one Wednesday, one Saturday, uh, and then yeah. they have a few more games the next week but still i think it's quieter as well i think it's only three um, everything's gonna be quieter than what we, last week i guess was just like back to back yeah. day off back to back you know day Five off and game, seven. back yeah. day off back to back like it was crazy yeah i think they had nine and 14 or something crazy like that yeah, for yeah. Uh, the last couple of weeks so yeah that was making up for those games during the uh the, the covid the two games that got lost there right that yeah, had yeah a lot to do with it yeah. and the back of the season or they had Overloaded after the All Star break, anyways, or the plan was to. So then you started throwing in these games, and it made it uh, a little bit more fun. 
but we'll uh, yeah we'll be taking a look at everything going forward here obviously this is a, a big swing point in the season you know they lose these games and uh, the Bulls and Washington uh, Wizards continue to win and that's kind of all she wrote as we've already mentioned they uh, don't uh, the Chicago Bulls have the tiebreaker over the Raptors so even if they finish with the same record the Bulls get through um doesn't look like well you know what the weird thing is the Pacers keep losing they could fall out of it too so uh, not a very good chance to make it up above like into the true eight or seven for any of the teams here unless they went on like you know 10 and 0 tear in the next 10 games so looking like either it's going to be a play for the play-in or the tank is on uh thank you kieran i hope you have yourself a great day yeah we'll talk to you next time Ben, you have yourself a good one. You too, sir. And everybody out there, thank you for listening. And uh, we love you, B. Everybody, have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.